Manchester City's three-goal win over Bayern Munich in the first leg of the UEFA Champions League quarterfinals means more than a simple victory to the English giants. It may be their first step toward real dominance in Europe after over a decade of failures in European competitions. Welcome back to CGTN Sports Talk. I am Li Xiang, and I'm glad to be joined by my colleague Josh here. Great to be back. Hey, so. I was both surprised and disappointed at Bayern's performances, only or only part of it, specifically the seven minutes during which they allowed、mm. two goals. That was yeah, that was really yeah. Yeah, it's because it's a strange game because if you just saw the result and saw three nil, you would assume it was Manchester City completely hammering Bayern Munich, when instead it honestly felt pretty even. With the exception of the goals, where you basically have Rodri scoring an absolutely beautiful goal, but basically came out of nowhere. He was given a couple of acres of space and a few seconds of time, and he used it to perfection. And the final two goals, like you say, that seven-minute stretch, basically all entirely down to Upamecano just fluffing his lines. He gave away the ball.、Um, To Jack Relish for the first one, who then passed it to Haaland, who then passed it to Silva, and in the finale, again a few minutes later, he was nowhere to be found when John Stones made that perfect assist from the corner. So it really was a game of fine margins, and I came away from it thinking that if this was basically you were just looking at the midfields, I would have said this was a perfectly balanced game. Both sides had their had their chances, but if you are looking at the ends, Bayern are lacking, and、uh, Bayern lacking up front. I mean, and in terms of defence, there was just too many mistakes from Upamecano, and he basically became their bullseye for that final stretch.、Mm. The two goals actually happened. Oh, the two goals actually happened after、uh, Kevin De Bruyne was put on the bench by Pep, and then. Is that like a game turning point for Manchester City to make everything different so so fast that Bayern couldn't really get used to the new pace? Yeah, I I, I wonder that because thing with De Bruyne, I one thing I, I'm kind of hesitating because sometimes it's an insult, sometimes it's a compliment, but people talk about him as being like the metronome of Manchester City in the sense of like he sets the pace, pretty much everything goes through him. But then, when he got taken off with the with the injury and replaced by Julian Alvarez, suddenly everything on that left side sped up, and it wasn't as controlled. But by virtue of being not as controlled but faster, you could see that those opposing sides, which, like I say, Upamecano, Benjamin Pavard, also Leon Goretzka, when he was tracking back, you could see they had a lot of difficulty in dealing with them. And I wouldn't go as far as saying it was a turning point, but I feel like it was a sign that Manchester City realised if they just mix up the tempo a little bit, change how they've been playing for the previous seventy-ish minutes, Bayern were in such a such a rut almost in the in the back and forth of the game that that was probably enough just to take advantage, just to push the margin and give them what they needed to score that goal. 
even before actually that substitution, I was it's just like my personal feeling. Um, I saw that Kevin Dubernay was actually putting in a more advanced, more forward position than Harlan. Though mm-hmm. Harlan scored a goal, this was like a to me a major change of how Pab would manage the team. And judging by history of him doing this, it usually didn't end well. But this time, it's different. And do you think like Pab knows what he's doing? And then it's okay. This is the critical move. We're gonna move. We're gonna make it, and it will help us win. Yeah, the the, the thing with Pep is he always has this reputation of overthinking big games, and mm-hmm. um, there is still a chance that that could happen. But this is one of those ones where it's a big game on paper because he's up against Bayern Munich for the first time since he left. Um, this is the return of Thomas Tuchel since he beat Manchester City with that Chelsea side uh, all those years ago. Specifically, he played Rodri and was asked about it this week, about why he left Rodri out of the team when they did lose to Chelsea. So I almost get the feeling that he has looked at this as an opportunity for kind of revenge for that game and is playing in a style that would upset what Bayern Munich are doing, knowing full well that this is a Bayern Munich team in transition. You know, the big issue for me is lack of finishing up front. Louis Sané was great, but he was always coming in off the wings. Serge Gnabry was playing up front in a position that's basically um, basically not for him anymore because that's for uh, Chupa Moting. So seeing that weakness was there and knowing that he is has this reputation for overplaying things, I feel like he was just doing what he felt was right for the day rather than trying to be clever, and it, it paid off. Mm. Um, Harlan again scored a goal, and he is moving... A- one step closer to a maybe completely successful season since he came to City. And judging by his reputation, we always think that Harlan must be on the field, must be scoring like this for so long. But he actually hasn't played that long. And this is his first win against Bayern Munich. Do you think that also means something special to him? Uh, We talked about this last time. I think we talked about Manchester City in the sense of Harlan has spoken in interviews and been very vocal about he knows he's here for the Champions League. This is what he was brought in to do. And there's a release clause or something in his contract. Basically, everything points to he knows, the club knows, Pep knows, everyone knows. Every game from now in the Champions League is way more important for Haaland as a player than anything else. So he was played up front, but he knew exactly what his role was. And he has basically become like the ultimate goal hanger. He knows exactly where to be at all times. And whatever he's been doing in the Premier League, he basically goes from being off the boil to being the most dangerous man. Here, he knew from the very start, this is what he's here for. It's up against Bayern Munich, a weakened Bayern Munich. Jan Sommer's still in goal. Um, Serge Gnabry's still up front. So he basically took that as license to play i guess yeah. and he was just absolutely perfect all night knew exactly where he had to be for the um setting up bernardo silva knew exactly where he had to be to get that assist from john stones after the corner and if he keeps playing like this city win the champions league mm. That's actually very interesting because I know that City went to the final and then lost to Chelsea by one goal. So 
it may be too harsh to say that Man City are a kind of a disappointing heavyweights in the Champions League, but the truth is they haven't really beaten enough other giants in the Champions League, and this time they beat Bayern Munich. Maybe not with their full squad, but it's still it's a very significant win. And can they make this say the beginning of a new era of a city in European competitions? Like maybe after when after in the、uh, future games when they fee- face other heavyweights, they were like, okay, we beat Bayern. What do, are we afraid of? We are afraid of no one. Is that possible?、Mm, that's a, that's that's the question. I feel like. I mean, this obviously isn't what you were asking, but I feel like we could only think of that next season、mm. if they win this time. Because the thing is, this is a very impressive win for City and for Pep. But it's also—I wouldn't go as far as calling it fool's gold, but like it reminds me a little bit of during the、uh, pandemic season.、Mm-hmm. Um, oh no, I think it was the season after that. Actually, there was the when PSG. Got their revenge and eliminated Bayern Munich. Yeah, it was also against a weakened side. It was the side. It was the time that Chupa Moting was first working as a starter because Lewandowski was injured,、mm-hmm. and people spoke as if, well, now that they've beaten a heavyweight, a heavyweight's beaten them in the past. This is their time to shine. The same thing is happening with this Manchester City side. And to be fair, they were fantastic on the night. Haaland was great up front. Let's not forget. Nathan Ake,、uh, Nathan Ake, and Manuel Akanji were fantastic at the back, as alongside Ruben Diaz in a, in a、uh, three at the back formation that did everything they could to shut down Musiala, Kingsley Coman, and Serge Gnabry. Basically, the entire game. So don't get me wrong; they're much better than the PSG side were. But also, this is Bayern Munich in transition. Players injured, players are absent.、Mm-hmm. Um, Thomas Tuchel is impl- implementing himself. I would go as far as saying he was making excuses, but he did say beforehand that Pep had been with City for seven years. He'd been here with Bayern for twelve days. Yeah, things aren't as ironed out as he'd like them to be. But when you look at this performance, it looks a lot more mature than previously. We will have to see what they can do in Munich because we've seen City crumble before. We've seen them get. Beaten before in the Remontada, and then what do they do when the semis are up next? Because that's typically where they fall, and when it's when they're right on the cusp, and、uh, another team is there in front of them. But based on what this team is set up to do, which this year specifically is the Champions League, and based on how I saw them play in this in this tie, I think it's theirs to lose at the moment. That's true.、Uh, I know three goal is a big deficit. But what, and Bayern are not like Liverpool, who play in Anfield, which is a very magical place. But Allianz Arena can be magical too. How much of the chances do you think Bayern still have when they go back home and maybe come back from this three-goal deficit? Well, I, I think Tuchel is the kind of manager who can figure things out pretty quickly.、Mm-hmm. After that first game against Dortmund, yeah, he has he has struggled. But he's working to change things. He's working to implement his style of play. I feel like if he can get Thomas Muller into things faster, if he can solidify the defense, like I almost feel like the missing link here is Niklas Zula, who was a big, strong guy at the back. They don't have that. But I look at Tuchel and I think he can fix that. Maybe not soon enough for the return leg, but it'll be the thing she's going to focus on the most. Um, 
And like I say, yes, the scoreline is 3-0, but it did feel like a 3-0 sort of game. Mm -hmm. And that makes me think that Bayern can turn it around in the second leg. It'll be difficult, but I, it isn't a case where like, oh, they were blown away, the tie's already finished. You can see them getting something from this back in Munich. So it's a big task, but I don't think the tie is over just yet. That's true. Um, you know, I'm a huge Bayern fan. I'm not really trying to defend them, but I totally agree when you said that this is really an incomplete squad because they don't have Schubert-Moting, who was their best scorer in the first half of the season. And when mm-hmm. they sent Sadio Mane to the field, it was there were only, what, 10 minutes left? And let's be yeah. honest, Sadio Mane was not Mane himself when he entered, he came to this club at the beginning. They had to count on Gnabry. I, I like the player. I don't think he's built to be, you know, your ace, your scoring number nine in the in the front. I don't think he's built for that. So, with such a like um, humbling, um, humbling <laughs> offensive combination, Bayern still managed to create a lot of threats and actually keep this game at a fifty-fifty chance percent. And now, when they go back home, is there any chance that they can? to make a change without supermoting. Yeah, I feel like the number one thing that we're going to see is Gnabry won't be out front on his own as a striker. There's yeah. no way they're gonna, he's going to keep that. Whether they play him alongside Sané, Sadio Mane, or something I saw in one of the games that they played, it might be in the loss to Freiburg, they were more like a 4-2-2-2, which has a lot of like abilities to overlap up front. Um, either way, with how Tuchel works, with how quick he is to change things around that aren't working, yeah, there's there's no way that Gnabry's going to be in that position, like say like an ace up front. He just simply wasn't right up there. And I think Sadio Mane, they've been easing him back in mm-hmm. after his injury, yeah. but I think he definitely starts this next game and they just make it a way more attacking uh, formation. Mm. What is your expectations of Musiala? Because he was so fantastic in the first half, and now he's, like, not that good. I mean, that's the polite way to say it. He was he was good at moving the ball forward, but not very good at, at making um, attacking chances in this, which kind of it was kind of weird because he was playing in the middle of, like, a, a, a Pentagon 5 formation, mm-hmm. But Joshua Kimmich and Leon Goretzka behind him were doing as much to move the ball forward as he was. So he wasn't really creating chances. And then when you're not really creating chances with a guy who isn't necessarily a strike and Serge Gnabry ahead, it felt like a lot of wasted motion. So I feel like for the next game, or at least for the next series of games, I can see uh, Tuchel keeping him in that position or perhaps moving him a little bit further back and using him as a lot more of a, let's say, a vertical player, mm-hmm. getting the ball out from a back four as far as he can up the pitch rather than having him as this kind of central pivot trying to connect left wing, right wing, be it Sadio Mane, be it Leroy Sane, be it Kingsley Coleman, um, be it basically whoever ends up on that position on the right. Don't have him playing horizontally, have him moving vertically. I think that's what's going to happen next. But who knows? Yeah, that's true. I think Musiala really should learn from Thomas Muller of how to play, you know, in that zone. Like, how do you mm. create... Not Maybe you're not good at creating chances, but play a key part in it, like being a transition role or something like that. 
Yeah, because that's the thing with uh, Thomas Muller. He does play in that position, which is typically referred to as like a second striker, false mm-hmm. nine, something like that. But instead, I could imagine him kind of working the half space between, say, Rodri and Ruben Diaz or something like that, and causing trouble, pulling people out of the way. Instead, Musiala just seemed to be like bumping into those guys, always running into Nathan Ake, and not really creating the space or the separation required from a player in that position, at least a player in that position, playing in the kind of style that Thomas Tuchel seemed to want. True. So, the other, in the other game, Inter Milan beat Benfica on the road. That's a very convincing win. Does that, And with this win, I think Italian teams basically locked in a spot in the semifinals. Do you think Inter actually are performing better in the Champions League than they are in the Serie A? They definitely seemed a lot more active. Mm-hmm. They wrote their look quite a lot, admittedly. There were a few times where there was like a goal line scramble with Benfica and Inter still managed to keep a clean sheet. And also, Lukaku was still a bit of a problem. You know, the, the, he got that penalty, which is fair enough, mm. and he took it well. But it felt almost as if uh, Simone Zaghi was letting him take that penalty under the idea of like, okay, he's on the score sheet, his confidence will come back, this will push him to the next level. But I'm not necessarily so convinced. Like, it's it's a little bit similar to this Bayern Munich tie in the sense of it was a 2-0 win, but not necessarily a convincing one. Mm-hmm. And if Benfica can go to the San Siro and really push the pace, maybe score an early goal, I could see Inter perhaps crumbling a little. However, the fact they have a 2-0 win in Europe, something they haven't done in the Champions League for a very long time, I think that's a sign that things are moving in the right direction for that team. That's true. Uh, for the two games tomorrow, Real Madrid against Chelsea and then AC Milan against Napoli, what will be your expectations? I feel like this Chelsea side are now a lamb to the slaughter because yeah. uh, Graham Potter... I wouldn't say he wasn't working. It was he was given a massive squad that simply wasn't cohering into one type of team. Mm-hmm. You know, he had so many players to work with. And Todd Bowley has made, I would say, the worst possible choice in bringing back Frank Lampard. Yeah. So I think that is just going to be, you know, I would say I was expecting that to be quite competitive. Now I'm expecting it to just be basically a free hit for Real Madrid at a time when they needed the most because uh, we've already seen that uh, Karim Benzema is on his last legs. Mm-hmm. He takes a, took a knock in that Liverpool tie and that was it. Uh, so in, and then in the other game, we have Napoli versus AC Milan and basically a showdown of the Serie A squads. Mm-hmm. Um, Napoli are high-flying at the moment, basically guaranteed a win in Serie A. So, I can see them just giving it all they have. But AC are a crafty team when they want to be. So, I think that tie is going to be exciting and pretty close. The uh, biggest loss recently for Napoli is the uh, the one against AC Milan. And at least AC Mm -hmm. Milan will be very confident when they're playing Napoli, though there is a huge separation between them in Serie A. Well, that's it. I feel feel like the, the big loss in... Serie A came because of the gap. They're comfortable. Napoli, they know that they can do it. Mm-hmm. Whereas here, this is like do or die. 
people think we've been gifted the lead, but we have to prove it. And with how Napoli have been for the rest of the games, I think they're going to turn it around in this one. That's true. This is the time when things must get serious. Yeah. Yeah. And I think so much for today. Thank you for listening. Hopefully, we'll be hearing from you guys very soon next week. See ya. See you then. Bye bye.